you for listening to this message from the North Gate. I feel like the Lord is going to keep us right where we have been, and that's in Hebrews 10. We're going to remain steadfast in Hebrews 10 till we realize in this house that we're in a new day. Till we realize that we're in a new day, for those of you that call this home, and I'll say it like this, for those of you that call Portage County in Northeast Ohio home, we are getting ready to transition in a new day that if you don't jump in this now, like a tidal wave, it's going to get you anyway. So you might as well jump into it. You cannot stop what we are calling the third great awakening from happening. Our nation is in too much turmoil and we are in too much religious complacency for us to not have another great awakening. And, and literally when I say awakening, I mean reformation as well. In literally the 1500s, we had a reformation from Catholicism into Protestantism, and you're about to see a reformation from Protestantism into the love of God. That didn't hit as well as I thought it was going to hit, but I need you to understand this. We have made idolatry out of Protestantism just as much as we made idolatry in Catholicism. We have found ourselves in our methods, in our ways, in our religious routine. And we are okay with knowing about God and not knowing God. And that's from the Pentecostal Charismatics to the Baptist to the Methodist to the Lutheran all the way down through the ranks of what we call denomination. We have been okay with our form and fashion. We've been okay with taking the little beast to feed the big beast. And we've neglected the fact that we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there is about to be a generation that is crying out for truth in the earth like the Jesus people movement of the 1970s. I believe it was a timely movement and a timely moment for that movie to come out. And all the heretics and all the religious people already got fired up that it came out. You want to know why? Because it's going to mess with your normal. That movie messed with Christians normal. Kids wanting to have church all the time, wanting to get baptized in any kind of water they can find, have praise and worship wherever they want to do it. Don't look like us, don't walk like us, don't talk like us because we don't wear suit and ties. We don't think we're religious. But we found our own religion in our blue jeans and our t-shirts. What was once liberating has now become a bondage inside of Christianity. I say it like this. The wilderness was once a place of salvation, but when they decided to stay too long, it became a place of slavery because even from Egypt to the wilderness, they could not lose the slave mentality and realize that they were built for relationships to be sons and daughters. And what they did was they ran from where the manna falls rather than learning how to abide and plant themselves by a river and know that you can cultivate, you can mess with the economics of the earth, you can replenish and reform the earth and we now in Christianity love the wilderness because we want water from a rock and we want manna from heaven but your body was never made to live day to day from manna. And so in that, that's why we'll drive thousands of miles of where we think there's an outpouring rather than get somewhere called a homestead and cultivate. Literally what is happening on universities all over, this could get me in trouble and I don't care. What is happening all over universities, we are getting mad because universities are shutting it down. A university wasn't built what the local church was built for. What is actually happening inside of the universities is what the local church is supposed to be. But we won't allow God to move inside of our form and fashion because we're afraid we'll lose money. Wow. Wow. 
We're afraid when the structure's not, when the flame of revival, listen, I, I said this the other day. I love that there's a glass piece on this. The glass piece on this represents kingdom government. So when the wind of revival comes, doesn't blow it out. But the moment that I remove the hedge and I blow, it blows it out. And so we have tons of churches without proper kingdom government. And when the wind of revival comes, it blows out whatever they thought they had. Woo! But we're not called to have man-made flames. We're called to have spiritual flames like Acts 2 that are given from God. And if they're given from God, they're not going to go out anyway. Doesn't matter what kind of fire burns. Doesn't matter if we have church all night long. Doesn't matter if we have church every day. Doesn't matter if we have prayer meetings every day. It does not matter what it looks like when it comes from God. Because when it comes from God, it can't be put out by man. But if what you have can be put out, it might not be from God. If what you have can be put out, it may not be from him. And you might be okay with allowing it to be shut down. And so what happens is we need a reformation in the earth and for a reformation to come in the earth, we're gonna have to have, there's one word that trumps everything for reformation. There's one word. That one word that trumps everything inside of a new lifestyle, inside of a new change and being a new creation in Christ. Behold, all things become new, old things pass away. What is that one word? And it's love. Love is a transforming, changing, cultivating. I'm telling you, love brings change. Find me the ugliest, scrubbiest, nasty looking hillbilly on the planet. Let him find a good looking girl. And all of a sudden the beard gets trimmed up. (laughs) The boots get polished. Love transforms some things. But the amazing thing about kingdom love is love transforms on the inside before it brings transformation on the outside. And we don't have a a right mindset to allow transformation to happen on the inside. We want it to happen on the outside first. And to understand that the answer for the world around you is always going to be the one that's within you. And so what happens is we have to come to this place that if we want mass revival, then this is what we really want. You guys ready for what we want? It's not miracle signs, wonders. You ready? If we want mass global awakening, then we want an outpouring of Abba's love like we've never seen. And that is going to be the hardest thing that we do on the planet is begin to love. Because if we step into love, when we begin to step into love, we step into kindness and patience. When we step into love, here it comes, you ready? We keep no records of wrong. When we step into love, we start to begin to understand the sanctification of Almighty God a little bit different than what religion taught us sanctification was, and it's the process. There's the process of sanctification because complete sanctification in the separation can't happen until I am with Christ. Does that make sense? So sanctification means to be set apart. So we teach sanctification in a matter of being set apart from the world, but then all of a sudden Jesus said, go into the world. Which is it? It's the kingdom. Go into the world, but we're supposed to be sanctified. We're supposed to be set apart. What is it? It's both. It's an understanding that if I allow something to happen on the inside of me, It'll begin to transform on the outside of me. And guess what will never allow transformation to happen in my world? Critics. Critics will never allow me to transform. 
Critics see me one way, they identify me, they label me that way, and they keep me that way forever. But if I ever start to see people or see things through love's eyes, then I understand that every single one of us that have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, guess what? We used to sing it as little kids. He's still working on me. Come on, to make me what I ought to be. I knew you knew it. It took him just a week to hang the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I love how impatient he must be. People won't allow you to change. You know what's even crazier? It's not the opinions of people you don't know. It's the betrayal of people that are closest to you. I love how impatient Abba must be because he's still working on me. I love how impatient. See, betrayal comes from people that's actually supposed to be interwoven in your life. Romans 8, 28. The people that God has placed in your life will allow something called tolerance and betrayal to come in and divide us and separate us because you'll never be betrayed by somebody you don't know. You're always betrayed by somebody you do know. Woo, let me say that one again. You're always betrayed by somebody you know. You never get betrayed by somebody you just met. You never get betrayed by somebody you just passed. You can't get betrayed in Walmart going down the aisle. You don't know that person. You can only get betrayed by people that you know. And we have come into a place of confusion where we think that tolerance is love and tolerance is not love because love is patient it is kind it keeps no records of wrong it believes in the best the bible says it sees growth it sees process it sees sanctification no matter how nasty how dirty when jesus shed his blood for you and he calls you into the redemption place of relationship with him and he calls you into his righteousness and you take off your righteousness that are filthy rags and you get clothed by the love of Abba, God goes, I don't care how long it takes. I'm walking with you. Listen, Adam blows it big, bigger than all of us. He got to create the earth. Adam got to create the earth. And we say in religion, God can't look upon sin. But as soon as Adam ate the apple, God goes, Adam, where are you? So that theological debate is wrong. Adam just sinned. God didn't turn his back and go, where is he? The scripture even tells it. He went right into the garden. Where are you? Where are you? Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? Even when your anxiety and your shame and your guilt and your betrayal and people can't tolerate you, but they say they love you, in all of that, God still shows up for the walk with you. He still showed up for the walk. And even when Adam tried to falsely identify himself, God said, who told you you were naked and who told you to cover yourself? Because I want to cover you. Why are you trying to cover yourself? I want to cover you. You don't have to justify yourself. I'll justify you. And a lot of times in this world, we tolerate people rather than love people. And when we tolerate them, we do this. We allow without hindrance or permission. When you tolerate, you allow things. You allow, guess what you don't do? Interrupt. I love them. No, you're tolerating them. Because you will either tolerate to the degree that you're secretly in your heart hoping they fall on their face. 
or you're going to start operating the love of God. And if you see something jacked up with a brother, guess what love comes in and does? It's patient. It's kind. It believes in the best. It keeps no records of wrong. But you don't understand what they did. But love says you keeps no records of wrong. But you don't understand what they did. Love said he keeps no records of wrong. Love said he keeps no records of wrong. Love says he takes his blood, blots out sin, casts it as far as to the east as to the west to be remembered. So we have to ask ourselves as a body of believers, do we tolerate, which will always set up for betrayal? Or do we love to believe in change? Do we tolerate, which means we can see it, we can talk about it, but we don't do anything to fix it. Are y'all tracking with me? Because what the world needs is a love revolution. What the world needs is all the kids that we think are lazy and can't do stuff right and they're messing up. We need somebody to be patient and love with them. And what we don't do is tolerate it and not show them a different path. It's like what I said about people that struggle with poverty. Somebody comes to me and says, pay my rent. Okay, I pay it. I love you. God said, take care of the poor. Come to me again, pay my rent. I'll pay it again. Come to me the third time. I won't pay it. What? It's like this. You're drowning. I'll throw you a raft. You're drowning, I'll throw you a raft. Third time, swim. I can't. Yes, you can. I can't swim. Yes, you can. Every person in this room is designed to swim. Guess what? Every person in this room is designed to walk in prosperity. Woo! Everybody who is a son and daughter of God is designed to walk in prosperity. But you're going to have to figure out how to doggy paddle, how to backstroke. You're going to have to realize that you can actually float and you don't sink. Because guess where all of that lies made up? In your mind. In your, and guess where the same way you're battling poverty? It's in your mind. It's not in your check account. It's in your mind. The same way if you get in water, you start to panic. The body was designed to float for a very long period of time, but you've got to allow your mind to be right because you've tolerated stuff too long and you need love to come in and change it. Because what is love? Love is what? Covers a multitude of sin. There's no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friend. See, if you're going to operate in love, you're going to have to give up your time. If we're going to have a love revolution, then your normal is going to, if you're going to have revival on a national scale, then what we think is normal is going to get messed with. I told our kids who've been coming here week after week in prayer meetings, I said, don't you get discouraged that there ain't a lot of people here? There's a lot of presence here. There's a lot of woo. I love watching adults come through the door, jump in with these kids and go, oh, it's like, holy, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because why? They are operating in a degree of love. They're done being tolerant. They're done being tolerant. They're done permitting things. They're done allowing things without a hindrance. Listen, they don't want to endure anxiety, depression, medications. They don't want to, listen, the sexting, the cell phones, they're done with it. They want truth. It's a Jesus people movement again. They want truth. They want truth, a truth that sets them free. They're done tolerating to put up with. Do you know sometimes we'll say we love people, but we'll put up with them. We'll just endure it. And we'll really do nothing to hindrance what we talk about about them. Listen to me. Because listen, if somebody rubs you the wrong way, this is what I love to say. Because this is what gets told to me. Somebody rubs me the wrong way, 
and I can't kind of shake it, I'll call counsel. You know what counsel says to me? Why do they have permission to mess with your interior world? Because if you allow patience and kindness to come in, it won't ruffle you. Because there's a degree of this new way of life. Me and Big Mike were talking about this right now. Like we're done with everybody going, I'm in the greatest place of devotion I've ever been in my life. Oh my God, I'm so spiritual. This is amazing. I listen to Carrie Job every day. This is awesome. <laughs> if you are in the greatest place of union you've ever been, then guess what your next dimension will be? Connectability. If you are being, because you should have a secret place. But when I come out of the secret place, you know what I want to do? Love the hell out of everybody. I want to believe in the best for everybody. I want to see transformation for everybody. You know why? Because now I start loving the way he loves. I actually start believing in process. I actually start believing in sanctification. I actually start believing that you may be one way today and you be something five days from now, something five years from now, something a year from now, something a month from now. But what we have to look at is not the negative sides of things so we can get ready to attack somebody with betrayal. We have to see when we see something good, go over the top about it. So listen, Earlier, heavy presence, right? Everybody agree with that? Heavy presence, right? RJ's getting hammered. Like, I'm like, woohoo, brother, I'm so excited for you tonight. I'm watching God begin to touch people. Listen, nobody's heart's hard. Hot tears are flowing. This is amazing. We are in the presence of God. Now, watch this. All of heaven don't go crazy over that. All of heaven goes crazy over when one, for the first time, says, I, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I'm going to let the love of Jesus come and evade every area. I'm not going to say a sinner's prayer. I'm just going to say, hey, where my life is at right now, I'm going to yield it to a greater love. And I'm going to come to the knowledge and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Heaven throws a party over that. Because you know why? At that moment, it doesn't matter if they relapse. It doesn't matter if they mess up. God's going, they're on the right track. They're on the right vein. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm here to watch the journey. Somehow the church stopped enjoying the journey. Because somebody rubbed us the wrong way. And we have to ask ourselves at the end of the day, why did they have permission to move you so much? When there's a peace that passes our understanding, that the Bible says, if we want to evangelize that out there, they'll know that we are Christians by our love. My favorite excuse of why we're a cult is not we worship the devil. It's not even our praise and worship anymore. The biggest excuse in this city is, man, why are they all together all the time? Because we found a love in him. And then we turned and found a love inside of each other. That the answer for everything that somebody's looking for is found in love. And I love to speak in tongues and I love miracle signs and wonders and I love prayer meetings and I love all the spiritual charismatic stuff. It's amazing. 
But what I have learned more than anything is watching the baptismal love of fire. I don't call it the Holy Ghost baptism of speaking in tongues. I don't call it that. I call the baptism of the fiery Holy Ghost is you have been so immersed by love, you don't know what to do with yourself. You've been so immersed with love, you don't know what to do with yourself. You've been so immersed with Acts chapter 2. They got so immersed with love, they did not know what to do with themselves. They were so in love, they did not know what to do and nothing else existed and nothing else mattered and they didn't care about doctrine and they didn't care about theology. All they cared about was I'll never want this encounter to end and I want other people to be in this encounter and there is Acts chapter two. They had no book, they only had a spirit. They had no book, they only had an encounter. They had no book. They only had the baptismal fire of love and said, I got to give this to the world because this is changing a man who would not, look, he couldn't even testify about Jesus in front of a 14-year-old girl. Peter couldn't even, he couldn't even stand up for Christ in front of a 14-year-old. Gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now he's like, you can kill me, but don't you dare crucify me the same way they crucified my Lord. You hang me upside down because I'm not him. I'm just one of his followers. Religion will always come knock on your door and tell you don't be passionate. But I would say that's some pretty awesome passion when Peter gets crucified upside down. I'd say that's some pretty awesome passion for the guy who denied Christ is now preaching in Jerusalem to 3,000 people. And you know what's amazing? When you find real love, you don't find the method. Do you know that Peter never tries to preach to 3,000 people ever again? And we're trying to reenact Acts chapter 2 all the time. And you know what the greatest thing we can reenact? How do I find that encounter that they had in the upper room? And quit trying to title something on of it that after I have the encounter, this is what it should look like. Because maybe your encounter will be in front of people. Maybe your encounter will be in Walmart. Maybe your testimony will be at your job. Maybe it's where God wants to use your fire. But the only way he'll use your fire, you can manufacture fake fire all the time. Oh, man. We can do a thousand things in the name of Jesus and it be blessed. But I'm talking about genuine mass awaken my heart to love. Fire is found in one place. I'm going to read it and then we're going to go home. You ready? Go with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. This, I believe, is the guidance to the third great awakening. And I have it wrote down in my notes. I'm so glad I found it today when I was studying. Watch this. Those who are loved by God, boom, there it is. Let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences. Say experience. Experience. Say experience. experience. So I was taught a long time ago that faith comes from experience and experience comes from hearing the word of God. The word experience, faith comes from ekleo him. Okay. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. The word hearing is ekleo him, which means experience. Faith comes from experience. And experiencing the word of God means this. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Welcome to John. Welcome to the beloved one describing who Jesus is. In the beginning was the word. So the true description of faith comes from hearing is this. 
Faith comes from experiencing and experiencing Jesus. And the only way you can experience Jesus is through radiant love. And radiant love comes from what? From what? Us just gathering in a building here tonight? No, we were pouring our love upon him. And then guess what we did? We did what every church should be doing in America. We started loving one another. Oh, so what are you going to do? Just keep praying and prophesying with each other? Yes, we're going to do it again and again and again and again. And religion will get mad. Why? Because you're getting a flame that they don't have through one thing called love. I prayed for RJ because I love him. And the more he knows he's loved, then Generation Z is going to have a father in the name of RJ. Religion hates passion. But it was passion that took Jesus to the cross. And guess who didn't want him on the cross? Religion. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You know what they would say? We got goats to sacrifice. You don't have to kill a man. We got animals. Religion's been saying it for years. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do all that. You don't have to do all that. And the longer we don't do all of that, we remain out of love Because what's happening in this room is we are passionately loving God and passionately loving one another. And John the Beloved who wrote this book says you need to pour your love one to another. Why? Because this is an example that God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences, you experience an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love hasn't yet to know God. Watch, the one who doesn't love, the one who tolerates, the one who continues to tolerate and bring no change is one who is now not experienced yet the love of God. So you know what we do? We make sure we set an atmosphere to where somebody can experience the love of God. This this brother over here, he's been with us for what, a month now? Three weeks? Comes in here, grabs me. Said he's at a job. Said he's finding his way back to the Lord. Just to share a small piece of your story. A man that don't even attend church here. He said, man, I just want to go to a place where you can experience the love of God. That man goes, the North Gate. This is not to grow. This is not to grow. This is not to grow. If he remains here as family, we win. But if you come here, experience the love of God and take that love and go back to the world and find another place to share that love, then we win. It's about the kingdom. Then we win. I just want to be an incubator of the love of God that when you come in, you get so baptized in fire. Man, hear what I'm saying here. Hear where I'm taking us tonight. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. Can I stop right there? Can I stop right there and take a moment? Can I stop right there and take a moment? 
our relationship. Watch, this is about relationships. Don't make this about church. Mine and her relationship did not work. So one of us had to love the other one. We tolerated each other. We, it's fake love. It's, you don't do anything to bring change. It's fake love. We call it love, but it's tolerance, which leads to betrayal. Y'all tracking with me? Real love is before the other one can love the other one wholly, somebody's got to start loving without anything in return. Welcome to love. Welcome to love. But they don't, stop, stop. It's biblical love. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they're doing. We're talking about the love of Jesus that was shed abroad that begins what? To bring the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead inside of you. Stop with this religious. They've got it. That's why your marriage don't work because you won't submit because you think he don't love you and you won't love her because she won't submit. Somebody's got to stop waiting on the other one and somebody's just got to love. Somebody's got to get over themselves and somebody's just got to love. This will be a revolution in the earth because we're tolerant. We're not love. We're tolerant. We call it love, which always leads to betrayal. I'm glad that, because I don't know which one started loving the other one first. I almost come up and kiss you if Tina went slapping. Dude, our relationship is so awesome. But when we first got married, all of us had too much religion, which caused division for our family. And the more Yahweh pulled us away from religion and got us into a place that love is the only thing that prevails. It's the only thing that prevails. So I, and, and I love what the story is with us. The one can't say to the other one, who started loving first? But somebody did. So, somebody started going, it didn't matter how you act. It doesn't matter what you've done. Do you irritate me? I probably still irritate Pat. <laughs> no, but listen, on an honest scale, we don't. We don't. We've been on many, many family vacations. This is some life-saving stuff for people in the live stream, people in this room. When you just make a decision, I'm going to love you regardless. Then we start stepping into understanding that love covers a multitude of sin. Her loving me regardless may have be a part of my transformation. Her loving me regardless might be a part of my transformation. Him loving me regardless might be a part of my transformation. Him loving me regardless might be my, all of a sudden, I can say in the room, you're with me on a daily basis. Have I not changed? But the tolerant critics, they still know me from 20 years ago because they've not let the love of God pierce them to a degree that a man can change. And when you can't believe a man can't change, you'll never believe the world can change. And guess what you'll look for? An easy way out called the rapture. Rather than being a man and woman planted by a river, you'll look for escape theology that's only about 120 years old Dude, nobody in the book of Acts was looking to get out of here. And every time they went to Jesus when he was in the flesh and saying, hey, you about to set up your establishment? He's like, hold on, cowboy. 
Even they tried to do rapture theology and Jesus is like, hold on a second. There's some things I need to do here before anybody goes anywhere. Matter of fact, there's actually some things you need to do here before anybody goes here. And I'm actually gonna leave in the flesh and I'm gonna return in the spirit. And you're gonna do some things in the earth before I ever come back. I actually need you to set up spot, spot removal, wrinkle removal. We want Jesus to do it and he wants you to do it. Watch, he wants you... I'm looking for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He wants you to remove the spots. He wants you to remove the wrinkles, and you want him to do it like he's your dry cleaner. He's already loved the world. He's already upheld his half of the prayer. Not my book. I didn't write it. He already loves us. Do you know what he's waiting on? Us to love each other the same way. He loves us. He's waiting for us to love one another. He prayed this. I pray that we would become one the way you and my father are one and we tolerate we don't love. And we have no change. And guess what we'll do in religion? We'll start putting the blame game. Blame what? Just start loving. You know what I love around here? We've been walking together for about 10 years. There's times he could have walked away. He didn't. Guess what we're doing? Setting up a culture. He could have got mad, walked away. He didn't. Setting up culture. You two could have got mad, walked away. Changing culture. Because guess what people do when they get offended? They run. Because they never learned how to love. They only learned how to tolerate people. And they end up betraying one another. Because we've missed this. He loved us long before we loved him. What happens when the love of Christ gets so in me that I start loving others before they ever love me? Welcome to the third great awakening. Dude, this is strong. Watch this. He proved it by sending the son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Go to the next verse delightfully loved ones. I love this. He messes with you constantly. Delight, hey, delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such a tremendous love, then loving one another should be, watch, here, it's all about a new way of life. What's the Bible say? There's nothing new under the sun. But then the prophet Isaiah says what? Behold, I do a new thing. Which is it? It's the kingdom. It's inside out and it's upside down. We keep looking for solid answers and God's going, hey, why don't you just go on a love parade and we'll figure this thing out. Because you're not actually supposed to take any thought for tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself and everybody's trying to figure out the end game and everybody's missing that today is the day of salvation. I'll rejoice. What does salvation mean? It means security. And guess what? Half of the church in America does not feel secure. Security has been given you today. Security of what? You're loved. When you feel like you're not secure, it's because you feel like you can be forgotten. It feels like you can be left to the side. And God loves you so much, he wants to mess with every single detail of your life. But as he messes with every detail of your life, guess what? Your detailed life is going to be interwoven with other people. No man can dream alone, for every man must dream together. No man can dream alone. What do you mean no man can dream alone? No man can establish a dream on his own. Every man that is dreaming has to co-labor with God and those that he's intersected your life with. 
That's how dreams happen. No man has ever accomplished something great in the earth and say, hey, I did it all by myself. There's not a heavyweight champion. There's not a baseball team. There's nothing that history has wrote about where they said, I did it all by myself. There might be a leader, but if that leader's any good, he doesn't take all the credit. He realizes God put people around him. And the greatest way to change the world is to fall in love with the people that you see every day. And the more you don't fall in love with them, betrayal is going to come knocking. Should I be afraid of betrayal? Not if you're in love. Because even when they slip up and try to stab you in the back, you'll be able to love them anyway. Because how many lashes did he take on his back? And how many nails did he take in his hands and his feet? and a spear in his side and a crown of thorns on his head and yet he still loved us and that's the love that we're all supposed to be available to and when you do that and you see somebody in a low spot and you see you see somebody financially broken and you see them in depression and you see them come on I saw you at your best and I loved you at your worst I saw you at your best and I loved you at your worst I saw you at your best and I loved you at your worst And I still believe in you. That is the love of Jesus. And we need to love each other the same way. The same way that Jesus loved us. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such a tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us. How do we find ourselves fulfilled? I mean, that would be pretty fulfilling, right? God on the inside. That would be pretty fulfilling. You want to know where you'll find your greatest fulfillment? By loving God, brother. If you love God, then you'll love people. Your greatest fulfillment will be your love for your brothers and your sisters. Your greatest love will be for a stranger. Your greatest love will be for somebody that's not the same class as you, whether it's rich, poor, or middle. Your greatest love will be found in not having the same skin color. Your greatest love will be not having the same theological mindset. It's gross. Listen to me, it's gross that you have to believe doctrinally, theologically, every single thing with somebody. That's religion at its grossest peak. Because I need to love you. Regardless, if you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I need to love you whether it's Jesus' name. I need to love you whether you believe in tongues, don't believe in tongues. I need to love you whether you believe in miracles, don't believe in miracles. I need to, division is division no matter what the leaven looks like. What does that mean, brother? You'll run with anybody. No, I'll run with who I'm assigned to run with. I'll run with who I'm assigned to run with. And if I'm assigned to run with you and you keep crossing paths with my life, you got to ask yourself, why? Why? Why do you keep crossing paths with somebody? Why? Are you missing something because of how you feel or judge or tolerate or see them? This isn't just about church. This is your job. This is your day-to-day. This is a global revolution bigger than the church walls. This is bigger This is global reformation. God came to save the world. Our assignment is just Portage County. And I'm going to make a big, I love when people say, God's not only going to move in Portage County, but this is where I am. 
and I don't see your people in Walmart. Quit getting mad at me. I don't see your people in Florida Walmart. I don't see your people in South Carolina Walmart. I don't see your people in Georgia Walmart. I don't see your people in California Walmart. I see people in Walmart, in Streetsboro, in Ravenna. You understand what I'm saying? I don't come to your county fair. I go to my county fair. I need love shed abroad and the hope for a new tomorrow to be here. And I'm an answer to that. Almost finished, almost landing the plane. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him and his love is brought to its fullness expression in us. And he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and we live in him. Oh, I'm getting all fired up. Stuff. Get, this, is, this is the third great awakening. Verse 15. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the son of God, live in God, and God lives in them. There's a lot of this in whom I'm living, moving, having my being. Go to verse 16. We have come into an intimate experience. There's that word experience again. With God's love. This is why this whole thing like, brother, you ain't got to be all emotional. What are you talking about? Could I imagine what my marriage would look like if we don't have experience? You're literally telling people that are the bride of Christ don't feel. What is that? It's probably a good indicator you're missing a measure of God's love. Wake up day to day and don't experience your wife. We wouldn't last a month. That's why some people encounter their groom and then they get bad advice going, you ain't got to do all that. That's why whenever you take advice from somebody, especially in your marriage, take a look at their marriage before you take the advice. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm married to him and I want to experience him. I don't want the honeymoon stage to ever end. I, I don't want the dreams to ever end. We own our own home. We are heading more and more into all the dreams that God has for us. And guess what we keep doing in our marriage? Dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. We can only dream with each other if we're dreaming with him. We can only dream with each other if we're dreaming for him. And how dare anybody come and tell me to shut my heart off to her and tell me to shut my heart off to him. I'm going to laugh, I'm going to cry, I'm going to jump, I'm going to whatever, whatever, whatever. The problem is we could only begin to connect tears and encounter and emotions to God when you're shameful and guiltful. We we don't know how to do it in joy. I cried tonight. I cried because RJ was getting wrecked. I'm just by God. I started jumping. Why? Because RJ's getting touched by God. Why? Because I know what's on his life. And when I watched it happen to Caden, I got excited. I, you can't tell me to not get excited. When God starts expressing his love through people that you love, you'll always tell people to tone it down when you don't love them. Understand what we're unlocking. It's a new life. It's a new day. 
It's a new experience. It's all about God's love. And we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. Last verse and then I'm gonna go to Hebrews, or Hebrews 10 and I'm going to Applebee's. Verse 17, living in God. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of, what? So if judgment even does come, I'm not worried about it, which means I shouldn't be looking for it. Well, brother, what happens if the rapture happens tomorrow? Cool, I'm out of here, see you. But if it don't happen tomorrow, I'm going to love my smoking hot wife, who's an awesome worship leader. I'm going to watch my kids continue to grow. I don't have time to worry about all the trash in the earth. When I wake up to her and these four amazing kids and what God is doing with all of you, I don't have time to be focusing on the whore when I get to look at the bride. Nowhere in the book of Revelations does it tell you to focus on the whore. We should be paying attention to the bride because when we see the spot and the wrinkle removed, guess what happens? Then you might want to prepare your backpack. But can I tell you, you're not going far? Mm. Brother, I'm going on the glory. No, you're not going to live where you're at. It's just going to be redeemed. And there'll be an access from heaven to earth that is actually there. You just can't see it. It's actually there now. Jacob found it. Jacob found a ladder under an inferior covenant. You don't think you can find a ladder under the covenant of Christ? Jacob found a ladder in an inferior covenant that angels were ascending and descending. Portals to heaven. Daniel talked about portals that angels had to get through in an inferior covenant. We have dummied some stuff down. Jesus tried to show you that in the spirit he could walk through a wall. You probably could too. One of his crazy disciples named Philip transported 20 miles in the next city. In your book, not mine. Well, it's in mine too. (laughs) Philip baptizes an Ethiopian man. Why? Because of love. And because of love towards another brother, he accessed a dimension. Christ talked about new ages and dimension and nobody wants to preach about them. The dimension that Philip found was a timeless dimension that after he baptizes a man, he goes, hey, I was supposed to be in another city probably a day ago and the Lord transports his physical body 20 miles to the next city. It's under an inferior covenant that Enoch says, I've had enough down here. I'm going to go up there. Elijah said, I'll jump in that chariot. That is real. Guess what accesses every bit of this? Love. Love accesses every single piece of this. Go to Hebrews 10 verse 24 and I'm done. This is perfect. We got 10 minutes until half off appetizers. You're not going to give an altar call? If you think you need an altar call, you can, by all means, go up there and pray. I think everybody in here is saved, said the sinner's prayer. It's not in the Bible. 
You said it anyway because somebody told you to do it. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner. I'm a piece of trash. I'm garbage. Lord Jesus, I keep identifying as trash till I figure out I'm beloved. I probably stop doing the sinner's prayer because most people that do the sinner's prayer, they keep going and groveling before God, thinking they're never good enough, saying a prayer that was never in the Bible. Jesus said, we should probably pray this. He said, I pray that you... Us become one. Imagine if we started bringing people into the family that way. Hey, brother, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I do not. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to join hands. We're going to pray that we become one the way Jesus and the Father are one. That prayer is in there. That one's in there. Guess what that will do? That will mess with you. You're going to pray union with me, but you don't, I don't need to know. God brought you here. He's not worried about your past either. Well, brother, the Bible says repent. Yeah, that word is called metanoia. It means change the way you think, not change the way you act. That word is called metanoia. It's called change the way you think, not change the way you act. We've been trying to get people to change their behavior rather than realize you need to think about who you are in Christ Jesus. That'll break the chains of every addiction, every alcoholism. I don't know. Ask this one. Ask this one. Ask this one. We don't ever talk about heroin anymore. Ask him. And even if it tries to creep up, you know what we say? You're loved. Your son. Your son. Your son. Your son. It's hitting him right now. Your son. Your son. Your son. Let the old past try to even create. We ain't going to mention the past because that's not who you are anymore. <laughs> Hebrews 10. I'm, I, I'm telling you, 19 through 25, write this down somewhere in your house, but I'm going to read verse 10, verse 23, and we're going to go home. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. Dude, let's read that. That is bad to the bone. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others, to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Doing beautiful works as expressions from love. You know what we did not do to make our relationship work? I did not tell my mother-in-law, you change yourself, I'll change me, and this thing will work out. We just started loving each other. And the awesome part is, neither one can say who loved the other one first. But someone just said, because we've heard the message enough. Beloved, beloved, love, love. The other stuff didn't work. The other stuff does not work at all. Love conquers a multitude of sin. What is sin? What gets you out of the walk? It's cadence. The Greek word is cadence. Sin is cadence. That's why the Bible says Adam sinned. He got out of the walk. And God loved him so much that he went after him and found him to walk. 
He wants to walk with every one of you. But what does he want you to walk into? He wants you to walk in creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Listen, Northgate, I'm gonna keep reading this till every person in this room hears it and starts applying it. This is not the time to pull away. Let's read this again. Some of y'all look at me. This, 2023, is not the time to stop being around the family. Some of you are squirming right now. Why? Because you don't believe you're fully loved. And you won't allow yourself to come in here to a degree to be loved that all of your dysfunction that you think that we're going to judge, we're actually going to love it out of you. You hear me on this? Get in this room and pray with these kids. Get in this room daily and saturate this room. Why? Because you have a family member, a coworker, a friend that needs access to this love. And I'm at some point going to get to Acts 3 where you start to realize that People are like, well, brother, you ain't got to go to the temple and pray all the time. Why is it after they had the encounter in the upper room, they have mass revival, 3,000 people get saved. And then where do you see Peter and John going? Daily, the Bible says, daily to the temple to pray. There was something about making a holy space What do we need to make a holy space for? Watch. So that we can make sure this room is ready for the harvest? No, the harvest isn't in here. The harvest is out there. We need to make sure that this place is holy. So when RJ drives up from Columbus, when he walks in, boom. Boom. That's probably what it felt like when you came here today, RJ, didn't it? And then all of a sudden... There was oil in a lamp that guarded the flip green frame. And when our fire hit his fire, oh, baby. Oh, this is what was happening to you, RJ. Acts chapter 2 was happening to you. You weren't getting a prayer language. I understand that was the restoration of the prayer language. But Acts chapter 2 was about a baptism of fiery love and the world needs a baptism of fiery love not a new language this is not time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing in fact we should come together even more frequently eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning I'm going to teach you next week. Hebrews 4 is the new day dawning. And that is a day of experiencing faith's rest. What happens when real 
believers start believing how real their God is and you actually become New Testament disciples. Everybody in this room should be doing what Peter, John, James, Barnabas, you should all, Titus, Timothy. These aren't stories for us to read so we could have 10 ways to a better life. That New Testament is a living epistle so you can change the world. And when I say change the world, change your world right here. Some people may be called to the nation. Some may be called to the nations of the earth. But let's get real. All of us in here, this is our nation. This is our nation. And you know what we're going to do? Love the hell out of people. Period. And it's time to start believing for the best in everybody and everything. And here's what I say to you. You're changing right now. You're transforming right now. And even if you try to take steps back, that love will just keep pulling on you and pulling on you to get the flame to burn. You can't run from it. You can't run from it. Can you, RJ? You can't. Listen, many of you in this room, you know it. You can't run from it. Passion just keeps grabbing you. It just keeps grabbing you. Experience, encounter, love just keeps coming after you. Awakening just keeps coming after you. Go be a light. Go be a light. I love altar calls, and I believe there's breakthroughs for anxiety, depression, fear, all that kind of stuff. But that we don't need that right now. You know what you need? Go. Go. Go for it. Whatever you're dreaming for, go for it. Go for it. Go love everybody and everything and realize he's fascinated about you. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. See, that's one of those moments as a preacher, you could hype that up. I talk to Mark Piper quite a bit, and he always says, preachers are some of the greatest actors on the planet. We're all theatrical because we believe what we're saying. But I'm telling you, hear me on this. You have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead in you. I just need you to believe in your God and you need to believe in yourself. And if you don't feel fulfilled, then guess what you do? Get around people that love you. Listen to me, not tolerate you. The people that tolerate you, that don't bring change into your world, they're eventually going to betray you. Because they don't want you to change. Because you know what happens if you change? Then it requires them to change. People that don't push you to change, to become everything that you're designed to be in the earth, they're just tolerating who you are in the moment, and they'll eventually betray you. But there is one who wants to challenge you and believe in you and loves you and dreams with you and for you. Dream for yourself today. Let's just take a moment and pray, all right? Father, we thank you for what is happening in this room with this handful of people. Abba, we thank you for the weight of the presence that we felt in this room tonight. Abba, we thank you for the words of heaven that were spoken over two of your babies. 
And Abba, I thank you for those sons and daughters in the room who are daring to dream again. They're daring to love again. They believe in their transformation. They believe in their change. They believe in their city. They believe in their families. They believe the best is yet to come. I felt that right there. I thank you for everybody in the room that has a degree of beloved identity that believes the best is yet to come. And God, you're not finished with us. You're not finished with them. God, you're not finished with this region. God, you're not finished with America. God, you're not finished with the cosmos. God, you are still working. Your hands are still moving. You're still speaking. God, you're still believing and knowing that a finished work is coming. And God, you write the scrolls. You're the author and finisher of our faith and no accusing voice will paralyze our transformation, our growth, our future. No paralyzing voice of the accuser of the brethren that does not know how to love can stop our future. God, you have a plan towards us. And I declare the word of the Lord over every gossiping religious tongue. Of Jeremiah 29, 11, your thoughts towards us are not evil. Your thoughts towards us are not evil. Your thoughts towards us are not evil, but they have a future and a hope. They are peaceful. They are full of life. Every evil thought does not come from Abba. So Lord, I pray that encouraging voices full of hope flood the ears in this room and those watching by live stream. You can change the world and make a difference. You're the head and not the tail. Religion gets mad when this starts being spoken. You're the head and not the tail. You're the lender and not the borrower. You're above and not beneath. All this cliche, no, that's scripture, brother. You're the head and not the tail. Come on, you're above and not beneath. You're the lender and not the borrower. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So God, we declare that word of the Lord over this house and over sons and daughters. We declare in Jesus' name, the best is yet to come. And may we find the fulfillment of you, God, in loving one another. Tear down our walls and soften our hearts so that we can love a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage. 